0: Ah! and first aka first report representing the esbc podcast network and folks it is wednesday september 2nd 2020 and the band is almost back together it is of course nfl uh time we are eight days away from the nfl beginning so of course the esbc podcast here is has you covered um and it's it's the usual and then of course we have craig who has been absolutely demolishing the U.S. Open, uh, but let's go around the horn. We'll start with Coach, our 2016 Tennis Coach of the Year for California, Brandon Lupin. How are you doing tonight?
1: Doing good. I'm glad to see uh, uh, Joe Exotic Burroughs' face as he's ordering drinks he just took a shot while shot. we're recording. And I'm glad that, yeah, you know what? NFL is upon us and we're about to get rolling. How about you, Josh?
0: How are you tonight, sir?
2: Well, it's been a very, very, very cloudy day. I've been confused. I've had some SEC rulings came down. And I was looking at an SEC ruling, and I see Craig Miserak, right? He's going to be going up in front of the SEC since he's been on fire. Gavin Newsom already made him a fire hazard. <laughs> I've been blazing up smoking things. And now the SEC, unless Craig tweets out – if I read it correctly, unless Craig tweets out or does a video or a podcast announcing his picks beforehand, they will be considered non-public uh, secret information. Therefore, uh, it would be illegal for you to bet on his picks unless he makes them public, man, which is crazy. So after that, I remember what he said on the MLS podcast when he went 80% in the MLS playoffs. Mm-hmm. When Yeah. The- sees action, he gets clarity. <laughs> so I want to know, what, what what's the clarity you have right now on the USO?
3: Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here taking some time out from a very important evening with my wife of 13 years. So not only are you, but the listeners, very special uh, for me to be carving out these my my neck gets ringed <laughs> um, to answer your question, Jeff, in the U.S. Open, um, look, I'm a former tennis guy myself. Coach Luffy discussed the details of that, but one day we will. As far as my previous playing days and coaching days, Whoa. and Whoa. the tournament so far, pretty much as expected. Okay. The number, the number one female. Uh, seed, she lost today, Carolina Plishkova. But for tomorrow, Josh, when you're ready, I got four picks for tomorrow, including a money line pick on the US Open. My record before today was, I believe, nine, three, and one on the US
2: Open.
3: Jeez. And last week in Cincinnati, no joke, 13 and two. And it's largely the same tournament being played two weeks in a row this year because of COVID. Cincinnati in Flushing Meadows in New York and then the U.S. Open right now. So ready to get at it when you are.
2: Well, I'm actually 100%. You put them on Twitter and I blindly bet them whatever picks they, were they went for it up. So the bankroll got them. So I'm ready to go. Hit, hit me.
3: Okay, sure. So tomorrow I have four bets. Um, the bets for
1: tomorrow.
2: Yeah,
3: the SEC. The U.S. Open. Um, Okay. Uh, I will post these after the podcast so you have them. But Sophia Kennan tomorrow is one of the top seeds for the women. She's only giving four games tomorrow to a woman who's ranked 100 in the world. I've never heard of. It's getting later in the tournament. I like Sophia Kennan giving the four games tomorrow. Andy Murray tomorrow is playing a very interesting match against a gentleman, one of these guys who has three names and I can't pronounce any of them, but he's very talented. Elisa may, I believe is his last yeah. name. Yeah. And he actually made it, I believe to the quarters. Yeah. And he made it to the quarters last week. Um, That's said, Canadian. I posted this on Twitter today. You can never underestimate the heart of a champion. And while, Murray's playing on new hips, and his mobility is a little bit more compromised. He never really had the best mobility. Be out, may out. Man,
2: we lose him.
1: We're losing him.
2: You no, know, the SEC wants to make sure
1: they.
3: And I believe it is a money line pick the which is Waro, which uh, plus the Jewish Pope of the Moneyline pick of the day. Uh, the last two bets, Gregor Dimitrov. I don't understand why in this tournament he's not being viewed by Vegas as being a staunch favorite against no names. He is a hugely talented player, a top 20 player. He did get COVID um, when they tried to restart the tour. But I would give the two games in a heartbeat uh, to Grigor Dimitrov tomorrow. The four tomorrow, um, I don't have the games in front of me. I think it's just giving two games or maybe giving four games. I'll post it after this. But uh, Sakaria, uh, the woman, the female from Greece, I actually – she made it to the semifinals, I believe, of the U.S. Open last year. It was the first time I'd ever seen her play. If you see her on a tennis court, you don't have a doubt in your mind she's in better shape than anybody else out there. It's hot. It's getting later in the tournament. The girl she's playing, I, don't, I haven't even heard of her before. Um, I think she rolls, Sakaria, and it's a name you're going to continue to hear from me because I bet her in a prop bet that the finals will be Osaka and her for. I believe the odds were. I think I get paid. It's like two thousand five hundred dollars on a twenty dollars bet. Something, some crazy odds. But Sakari is a top fifteen girl in the world. World, her side of the draw, I think, is open. Osaka has good odds of getting there too. But as far as tomorrow's match, um, Sakari um, give the games, and those are my four U- uh, U.S. Open picks for tomorrow.
2: Nice. Heard it here first, the pope of the money line, 52.5%. It's Even he's at 90%, 90% on his 10th picks, right? But he uh, immediately last year, I think it was maybe the third or fourth week of the season. Uh, he immediately was placed into the betting hall of fame when he picked as a dog for the first win ever, a high school quarter uh, quarterback, 5'7", uh, Murray, and a mediocre college first, uh, coach, in the words of Brandon First, Clingsbury, he picked them to go to Cincinnati on a plus 250 bet and beat the Bengals, who were winless and hungry for a win, man, immediately put it in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I know you got to go, and we love your wife. Uh, we thank you so much for putting up with you, man, putting up with all this football we're watching. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals In uh, your thoughts of that, uh, in my mind, what I think is the mediocre division, right?
3: So I'm going to give you, Josh, because I know we're going to talk in the weeks to come and I'm going to keep it brief, but for the AFC North this year, this is what people need to look, think about because this is the time of the season when there's bets on over-unders of games for right. teams and who's going to place what in what division in the AFC North with the Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, and Browns. So here we go. I did no research today because all I've been doing in the offseason is looking at pictures of Joe Burrow with a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> let, let me tell you something, ladies. We got a Broadway Joe-type champion on our hands in Cincinnati for at least a decade, all right? I know the Bengals' offensive line has been horrid the last five years. But with the talent they have around them and them restocking the defense in the offseason, all they have to do now is basically focus on rebuilding an offensive line. Hopefully Burrow survives the first season to, to get to that point. But when you look at the division, first of all, I think the Bengals are five and a half over under. I, and I, I know I'm a homer and Josh has rules about betting on your own team. <laughs> but um, listen, the Bengals last year were not a two-win team. They were a four-to-five win team if they didn't bench Andy Dalton intentionally uh, right. to basically get the draft choice. And these players believe in Zach Taylor amidst all that losing. This is not like, you know, whatever that horrible saying was, like the inmates running the asylum or whatever, comparing it to football. They like Zach Taylor, and he has an energy to it, and everyone's saying the practices are quicker. Joe Mixon signed a four-year contract extension today, and he's not – your typical second contract running back he's still I think 22 years old or 23 years old because um, he only played two years in college and you got all these weapons around um Burrow wide receiver but you look to that team to the north and the Browns and they got similar weapons outside they got Baker Mayfield and they got an improved offensive line and they have I don't think anyone would question what people are thinking get, is going to be a better head coach than what they had last year that all said I think you bet the over the Bengals five and a half. If there's a bet on the division, the Bengals, a horrible Bengals team depleted team with Zach Taylor holding on for, for dear life this last year, they spank the Browns in the last game of the year when all Baker Mayfield had to play for was pride and he had no fucking pride. Sorry for the language. So I like the Bengals finishing above the Browns in the division this year. I do think when Joe Burrow plays the Steelers, which is always the nemesis of the Bengals, you're going to see how old Ben Roethlisberger looks because Burrow can throw downfield, but Burrow can move – I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson, obviously, but he can move way better than Ben Roethlisberger. But the match in that is going to be – I mean, Steelers are back defensively. They are fully back, and they're still going to win games this year on their defense. I don't I, – I, I, I see the Ravens still winning the division. I don't see the Steelers being as good as, as a lot of people always think. They have no running back – solidified running back. I think their offense and wide receiver core is definitely a question. And we'll see what Ben Roethlisberger could do. I always said he was going to finish his career getting hurt, and I think that's what's going to happen. So um, I'll have more to come in the following weeks with over and unders and picks against those teams in the AFC North, but hopefully that gives everyone a, uh, a good head start.
2: Big time, big time. And I'll say this, I'm going to go on record right now, today, and if these lines are correct, uh, what it says here, it is Cleveland plus two, and then it's a wild swing where you can get seven and a half at William Hill. I'm gonna take that right now. I'm gonna find that seven and a half, and I'm gonna take Joe Burrow in the pulp of the money lines. Cincinnati Bengals plus eight. My first dog pick of the year to cover. Oh, so
3: wait. And, and Josh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we are going to have one more podcast before the first week of the season, correct or no? Yeah,
2: but I'm placing this bed right now. It's so mistake.
3: Oh, wow. well, I know that. But what I was going to hold out for the listeners for next week is I cannot wait to break down first week of the season. The Los Angeles Chargers playing in a late afternoon game, which never happens in Cincinnati. Um, that is the national game at one o'clock next Sunday, uh, that, the first weekend. Chargers at the Bengals so the the, the LA the Los Angeles Tyrod Taylors versus right. the Joe Burrow led Bengals I can't wait to
2: talk about that
0: and, you know before before Craig heads out I just have to say I'm very very happy that you took the fact that that, that the Bengals missed out on Jake Fromm um, you haven't let it get to you uh, i was really worried about that on draft night when you guys missed out on uh on Jake Frahm. That that uh, joke will never get old. Uh, so uh i'm very very excited. I'm I half and half cuz a little bit was me like uh if they really do do that like we like Craig just might take his anger out on us and murder us, which would be a great story. Uh, but uh no, it, it all worked out and i do think you guys are actually uh you're you're going to be uh, you're going to be much better. So
3: Thanks, Brandon. We all we all sleep better now without Fromm being in the picture with the Bengals. I gotta go, guys. I gotta go. Thank you. Right. Happy, Happy anniversary. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Brandon.
0: Oh, that was great. But uh, so yeah, we'll we'll obviously get deeper into things um, next week, and we're gonna dive deeper into with uh, with us three um, now. And um, I, you know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off by uh, prefacing, you know, the NFC South. By or, um, yeah, by pretty much taking <laughs> control of the the rumors going on. Um, we have yesterday uh, one that hits maybe a little too close to home for Brandon. Uh, wow. The 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 Saints putting Alvin Kamara on the trading block, and um, something that Brandon just sent to me about know, five ten minutes ago: right. uh, Len signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, hey damn, that offense is going to be really good. (laughs) That's going to be very interesting. Um, So what are your thoughts on the uh, NFC South that seems to be changing by the day?
1: You know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to go for a second behind uh, the Pope. So let's look at the the over-unders for the NFC South. Um, And obviously after today's signing of Leonard Fournette, that obviously can change. Um, I know we spoke on this. A couple of weeks back on our Wednesday to Wednesday show, and um, it looks like uh, Josh may have hit the nail on the coffin when he's talking about his boy Ronald Jones possibly not being there, especially after they're signing uh, Leonard Fournette, a um, a guy that.
2: Uh, well, yeah, because he, he can't block. He's gonna get Brady killed. He's
1: well, it, this Brady is a. Misses. This is the guy. This is a guy that was the obvious best talent on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars roster. Um, I just couldn't stay healthy. Maybe he just ran the ball too much and his body's worn down for the moment. But uh, the pressure's not on him to perform with a Brady there and a Gronk there and a Chris Godwin there and a Mike Evans there. So it's going to alleviate some of those things.
2: But let's get with the... uh, no, he all he has to do is play his role. That offense rolls without him. Absolutely. The problem with Tampa Bay is going to be the line. The line has uh, has, has, has sucked even though uh, they're in the top ten. Uh, they're in the top ten in uh, salary. They still suck. So that's the problem with the Tampa Bay line.
1: So here, here's the over-under. Uh, as of today, um, as of hours ago, before the Leonard Fournette signing, New Orleans at ten and a half. Atlanta at seven and a half, Tampa Bay at 10, and Carolina at five and a half. So I'm going to start from the ground up and start with Carolina. Now, Carolina is interesting because what they did with what they had at quarterback last season, um, I think goes uh, unprecedented for, for what's to expect this season. I think a lot of last year's catastrophe is being taken out on their five and a half for this year's prediction. They brought in some key additions and um, they solidified the quarterback uh, position with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they solidified some of their defensive struggles by drafting a Derek Brown at uh, the defensive tackle, a Yeter Gross Marus from a, a defensive end, and a and uh, Jeremy Chin at safety. So they've addressed some needs that were troubling to them last year, um, quarterback and and on the defensive side. But I think most importantly, and this is going to be the question, what a guy like Matt Rule, a former Baylor coach, and what a guy like Joe Brady, a former Saints assistant and former LSU assistant. Assistant Offensive Coordinator QB Coach is going to do as their offensive coordinator this season. I think the biggest additions to their offseason may have been these two gentlemen um, after getting rid of uh, Riverboat Ron Rivera. So it' not so much the personnel; it's going to be the leadership on the field that's going to dictate this five and a half over under as far as their win total. Let's not forget, though, they have a guy, a a legit MVP candidate and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, his numbers last year were amazing. 2,392 total scrimmage yards, 19 total touchdowns. That's off the rush and off the pass. They have a trio of wide receivers that are legit. DJ Moore just came out last year and just broke out. Uh, Curtis Samuel's been steady. Then they sign a guy like Robbie Anderson from the Jets, who he had a pretty decent season. So, looking on the outside in, and looking up in the division where everyone's thinking the Panthers, they may be in that tank for Trevor Lawrence, but I don't see so with t- signing Teddy Bridgewater in a for a three-year deal. Um, I think they're they're that coaching staff has something to prove. You know they're not in dire straits like the Miami Dolphins were when they hired uh, Brian Flores, and and they responded well to that coach. So it, it'll be interesting—a college coach making the jump up to the to the uh, to the pro ranks, um, a former NFL assistant and college assistant making the jump up as the OC. Um, I think the additions of those two guys are going to dictate more than the actual personnel that they brought in on the off season. So it'll be interesting to, to see what the Carolina Panthers will be.
2: Yeah. I problem I have with the Carolina Panthers is you got a guy like Joe Brady going in there and you got uh, David Tepper, right? He's a billionaire. Okay. Uh, he, he took $3 billion. He kept one and spent two on the Carolina Panthers. And he wants to institute analytics. I mean, rules wants to institute analytics. Joe Brady's getting 1.5 million dollars. This is the first time Joe Brady's done analytics, right? He didn't do it with uh, Peyton and he didn't do it with Coach O. And analytics does not work in football because there's uh, variables and covariables, ensures a result. And there's just too many variables in football uh, for analytics to work. I made a lot of money when the Cleveland clowns with Joe. Podesta's still there with 0 and 16. So that's the major issue I have that we'll track with your Carolina Panthers.
1: Not my Carolina Panthers.
2: Carolina Panthers. <laughs> hey, people listening out there, some of them is their Carolina
1: Panthers. Their Carolina Panthers. I just started from the bottom up as far as the prognosticators uh, spoke. Now, right. we were supposed to have a special guest in Piano Hands, the Atlanta Falcants. Um, <laughs> Super fan, um, but I, I, I'll bring the I, I have to bring them up because I'm gonna talk about the NFC South, right? So their <laughs> over under is actually seven and a half. They they were a team a tale of two seasons. They started out what one and five, went into the break and finished six and two, I believe. I mean, so it's kind of a, a, a whirlwind of of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team after they made some changes, Uh, Raheem Morris got promoted to the defensive coordinator position and things started to click. Um, That offense is as potent as any offense in the NFL. Uh, Matt Ryan is a very durable, very accurate, very um, productive quarterback. And he has a duel of of receivers, uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, that um, some say are the best in the division where I don't necessarily think so. Um, I think Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin are Chris God. Godwin better. Um, but let's talk about what Atlanta did this offseason. They brought in a I don't know, I don't want to call him a retread, uh, but a hurt or, or un- a questionable Todd Gurley from the Rams. They yeah. brought in a, a Dante Fowler. Um, they brought in a tight and Hayden Hurst, and Historically, Atlanta has always used their tight ends very well. They drafted a guy, A.J. Terrell, to uh, be a cornerback in this division where they we have duo after duo after duo of wide receivers. So it's interesting. If, if Todd Gurley, which I don't anticipate him being as healthy as he, as he was his rookie year, I think he has that debilitating issue. Uh, arthritic issue, Um, I think they're going to go under the seven and a half win total. Um, I'm not really high on them defensively, but offensively, they're going to score and they're going to put up points. Um, And I wish Piano Hands was here because I'm sure you would probably have more things to say about it. But I really don't deal much with Atlanta um, if I did deal any more my New Orleans uh pass would probably be revoked. So moving on to the Bucks. I think the Bucks more than any team in the NFL made major headlines this offseason. Their win total was 10 games prior to this most recent signing of Leonard Fournette. Now we touched off briefly about Leonard Fournette being dropped by the the, the Jaguars and uh I retweeted uh was it Adam Schefter's tweet that he just signed with the Bucks? So that number may change. It might be 10 and a half by the the time the show ends, but let's talk about what else they did in this off season. They added hall of famer. I'm not going to say GOAT. hall of famer, Tom Brady. They added, they got out of retirement, WWE superstar Rob Gronkowski and drafted and, uh, offensive lineman in Tristan Worf's. Um, Josh is always in my ear about how their offensive line wears down because of the humidity of Tampa Bay. And I'm not in disagreement with them, but I have to mention, they addressed it. Maybe not full, fully, but they addressed it with a darn fine, good uh, – he's going to play right tackle in Tristan and, um, And I mentioned Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley as Atlanta's duo. These guys, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Combined for hundred and fifty-three total catches, two thousand four hundred ninety yards, and seventeen touchdowns, split between them. Not to mention that they have a tight end in O.J. Mayo to go along with Gronk and um, Bates. That—that that, I mean—that's pretty, pretty filthy. And then the Ad Leonard format,
2: uh, O.J. Ma- Mayo have some insight. Uh, what J- do you have, O.J. Mayo? is getting into shouting masters and fights this isn't this is not public this is a, a behind the scenes uh information off the record but he's getting into fights and getting into arguments with uh Arians. so uh O.J. Mayo's a really smart guy. He usually is not like that. He's a Knicks, uh Saban guy. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to be in the Ronald Jones situation where he's going to get cut as well, which would be crazy because he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a rare breed that you can put him in the run game and he can get angry, like John Bronson, the, the podcast we had. And you can go out there and run a 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, and catch. He's like six, seven with long arms. <laughs> So it's kind of a crazy situation.
1: Well, here's the thing that you, you, you mentioned, you brought up, the name, sorry. This is Arian's second year, Tampa Bay? Yeah. And what he did with that uh, Colts team and what he did his second year with Arizona is, uh, is, is renowned, you know? And then he brings in a guy that has experience. Isn't going to turn the ball over like Jameis Winston did at the quarterback position? And already you're already increasing your win total as far as the games go. Um, We don't know what Gronk's going to come back like after missing a year. I mean, yeah, his body is going to be a whole lot more healthier. Goodness. And, um, but, you know, you you take a year off of the pounding and and maybe you're not as game ready to take that first couple of hits
2: during the first couple of games. So,
1: you know, uh,
2: 10 – Man, I, want, I want to know your thoughts, Coach Lupien.
1: Yeah.
2: Arians did something I think was very smart. and even a pandemic might be interesting. A guy like uh, Tom Brady, he's been in the NFL for so long. 20 years. 20 years. So he's giving him half the offense to run. Right. So defensive coordinators, well, how the heck are you going to prepare – for an offense that's never been run before. Nobody's ever seen the Tom Brady offense. Right. <laughs> so that, that's what has me excited about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is uh, the, to see Tom Brady. What he's been thinking all these years that Belichick has been telling him to shut up.
1: You know what? With a guy like Arians and a guy like uh, Belichick, you, you didn't use that. I thought you would. two polar opposites though right polar opposites look at where look at where Arians started he started his coaching career at Temple an urban private university in a, a really tough part of Philadelphia right and that dude is a chameleon and he meshed with the culture the surrounding environment
2: right
1: you know and he's not a dictator he doesn't have to be his personality proves that he doesn't have to be. No. So, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting year. The number before the signing of Leonard Fournette was 10. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes 10 and a half. Um, I wouldn't push 11. Um, but you know what? The, the defense is still suspect. Um, we've mentioned in in off-air off conversations, Tom Brady wasn't the old Tom Brady last year. No. Um, so there's there there still remains a lot to be seen and prognosticators gave him 10 you know I, I i could see i could see 10 but i could also see 9 you know, and, and that's that's huge so um that's it does,
2: what I have. It what's that you got a guy like OJ Howard yeah who, you know, at this point in my life you kind of look at people and you kind of measure them if he's having problems with uh, Arian, some other people are probably having problems with him. And a season can go down south pretty fast.
1: Yeah.
2: You can see a 4 and 12 situation. Nobody's talking about the defense. The defense sucks, other than really good pressure. And then Devin White coming off an injury. And, you know, Levante David, people like that. Everybody else is old or uh, injury prone. So. I could see it go. Uh, I would take the under ten and a half by the half point. Go under Tampa Bay ten. Ten? Yes, you paid. You lose yeah, only right. 10 games. right.
1: So let's <laughs> let's move on to the Saints. This is a uh, this is a team that for two consecutive seasons finished uh, thirteen and three. Their over under was is actually ten and a half. And myself and Doctor First talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I could easily see this Saints team winning 12. Why? Um, Veteran quarterback, veteran coach, locker room chemistry, um, vaunted defense, um, a lot of big-time names on both sides of the ball. Here's the question, though. The question is, do they sign or trade Alvin Kamara? And that's been the subject the last couple of 48 hours so to speak, and um, Dr. First mentioned rumors. This has been a rumor that has been circulating uh, Twitter, New Orleans, whatever. Let me just say, this dude showed up at training camp today. Camara never demanded the trade, never uh, saw him missing three practices as a holdout, Apparently he was actually sick. And for some reason, that's not an excuse reason to, to mispractice. Um, But he was there today uh, on good faith that a deal is going to be worked out. So with Joe Mixon signing for what he signed and um, who, who signed the, Oh, Christian McCaffrey signing for what he signed. Look for a number in in that realm. I don't think he's Christian McCaffrey money. Good. um, Just because, uh, Durability issues, especially after last season. Um, but he's still a threat. Now, as far as their additions in the offseason, for the last two years, and they finished 13 in the last two years, that number two wide receiver position has been an issue. They went out and they picked up a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, a proven professional, a solid number two uh, last year at, in San Francisco, They picked up an offensive lineman in the first round, which I called was a safe pick because there was plenty of other talented names that could address other positions, immediate positions with the team. And Cesar Ruiz, who some say was the best offensive line, center, sorry, center in the draft. And then they pick up a veteran, a re signing of a veteran. um, And we've all heard his name lately with all the social injustice matters. And Malcolm Jenkins from Dr. First's. Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if we have noticed, every playoff, it's always been about secondary. So we're bringing in Malcolm Jenkins, hoping that he's going to solidify that up. I already talked about chemistry. It's the most chemistry-oriented team in the division, and it's proven so with uh, the cohesion between Breeze and Peyton and uh, Breeze, Peyton, and Evans. You add in Kamara, who I believe will re-sign. And then you have a Dennis Allen, who's in his fourth year as a defensive coordinator. Um, there hasn't been a lot of changes uh, other than assistant assistance with the coaching staff. Wide receiver duo, Mike Thomas is obviously number one. Last year's amazing stats. He put himself in MVP candidate um, consideration. 149 catches, 1,725 yards, nine TDs. Just... He was a duo himself, and then you add centers on top of that. Uh, Who are you going to guard or how are you going to guard it? Um, On the defensive end, I mentioned some names. Cam Jordan, double-digit sack total the last three seasons. A guy like Marcus Davenport, before he got hurt, the impact he had at that defensive end position was stout. But that's the problem. He's been hurt the last two years. His rookie year, whom they – traded our first-round pick for, moved up well in the draft to, to pick up, and he really is an unproven commodity that's talented as heck. Then you have Marshawn Latimer, who early in the last, in the last season took time to get into play shape. I mean, this dude was getting burnt and burnt and burnt. Yeah. And no, but no one talks about the finish of the season, which, you know what? When it came down to defending that number one receiver on other teams, he was he was locked down after week six. Uh, and then, again, I, I mentioned Malcolm Jenkins as, as that veteran voice in the back, uh, secondary. Uh, and you have another team that is predicted to win the NFC South. Can we get over the playoff uh, ghosts? That remains to be seen until we're in the playoffs. But, um, you know... I think 13 and three is reachable. The over under is 10. I see 12. We don't need to go 13 and three. I see 12 to win you money. So that's my NFC wrap up, NFC South wrap up and go from there.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Um, Especially when it comes to the saints, I think of all the teams that have 10 or, Double digit win asks yeah. or, or numbers. I think that's the safest to go over. Um, I'm look. I'm I'm not huge on the uh, on the Buccaneers. I, I I understand it could happen. I understand the reasoning why. I just continue to go back to see to look at Tom Brady last year. Tom Brady was a detriment to his team last year as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, That team was worse um, with with maybe not worse with him, but, but they, they, they won in spite of him in most games. And, and now could that change? Definitely. 100%. I mean, there are plenty of things that could have gone about that, but also I look at it and go, well, he is 40 years old. He is on the end of his, you know, kind of the end of the rope type thing. Um, And then I look, look, the Panthers and um, and the Falcons, I think the Falcons are working in the right direction. Falcons are a total developmental, I'm sorry, Panthers total developmental team. I honestly think their number one goal is keeping Trevor Lawrence in the Carolinas, uh, tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Cause you have an opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of these coaches, something can change very, very quickly. Uh, you, you go one in 15, two and 14, oh, you're fired first year, no matter what. Well, Matt Rule, that's not going to happen with him. He has a five-year contract and they paid him a lot of money. This is the long-term thing. So I think for Matt Rule, the smartest thing for him to do is bring along the young kids um, and, and, and go two and 14, three and 13, go get Trevor Lawrence and now we'll see what you got. Um, uh, that's what I look at. And with the Saints, just going back to the Saints, I think they have they are far and away the most talented team in this division. I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, so I do think they are going to, I like that 12. I don't like 13 because you, you know, in a situation, any other, other team gets 10 wins in this division, maybe, but more than likely, no. Uh, more than likely, it's a situation where nine wins is going to be second place. Well, guess what? The, the, the Saints don't have to play the last two weeks at that point. So, so 11, 12, 13, that's where it gets a little dicey, but 10, It's going to take ten to win any division in football, anyway. So, why not? You know, at that point. Um, So, I like that. I I agree full fully on that. Um, I'll I'll pick up the baton and uh, run with the AFC East. Um, Just I I keep an eye, obviously, on the East on the NFC side. I'll keep an eye on the AFC East as well. Um, And this is a year. This is a year of change for um, two teams, notably. Uh, we'll get to the chargers later. Um, but for me, it's look, the first one, when you talk about the AFC East regularly, it's all been, always been, can anybody challenge the Patriots? Is anybody capable of beating the Patriots? Well, now the question is who will take over for the Patriots? I don't think a ton of people expect Josh Stidham, um, or, uh, Cam Newton. Cause apparently Cam Newton is not very high on Bill Belichick's, uh, friends list if you, if you uh, believe some of the reports coming out. But for the Patriots, yet again, they are the number one story in this division, but it's not for the same reason as normal. Um, like I said, it, it's to determine what to get from this team. Now, um, I'm, I'm pulling up right now where the live, so over under here is nine, folks. I, 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 I can't see nine getting there. Uh, Bill Belichick's a good coach. He's going to get the most out of those players, but yeah, you can only do so much. Um, there's a reason Bill Belichick wasn't Bill Belichick until he got Tom Brady, folks. Uh, there was a reason he'd been fired from other places, which is no big deal. Everyone gets fired, believe me. Um, but Belichick wasn't Belichick until he had Brady. So we're going to see if, and I think this is a big ego thing for Belichick. He wants to prove that it was all him, just like Brady wants to prove that it was all Brady. Um, We're going to see nine wins, total overreaction to the Belichick, to the Patriot on the helmet. Um, I would pound the under on that. Um, I don't think they're going to be, you know, a a three and 13, just a total dropout. Uh, Next up for me, the one that really kind of jumps out um, is the Miami dolphins. They're six and a half. It's tough. I, excuse me. I really, really do want to say over here, um, and, and ride the Brian, Brian Flores train. I, I just don't think they're there yet. Um, Tua needs to prove to me that he is healthy and he is ready to take on an NFL schedule. Um, six and a half. I, I see them. They're ceiling around six. I could see them getting seven. Don't get me wrong, but I, that's not a good enough odds for me. Um, I am definitely going to have to go um, min, um, under for Miami, but they are working in the right direction. I think we all got um, a taste of what Brian, Brian Flores did. It almost blew up in their face to the point that they almost were too good. Um, they still got to, uh, I'm sure they probably would have preferred Burrow, but they're okay. You know, and like I said, Brian Flores, similar to what we saw with Zach Taylor, Brian Flores, Zach Taylor, those guys, that locker room is fully on board. Now the talent needs to come around as well. Um, so, and, and also, you know, if you, if you are on Periscope and you do have any questions for us, please feel free to chime in. Uh, next up in the NFC, or I'm sorry, the AFC East is the um, laughable New York Jets. As I try and find them on my screen. There we are. Um, Their over under is six. And this one's difficult for me um, because they're in a division where, I mean, nine and seven could win the divisions, eight and eight. Possibly, um, they're in a division where they could pick up maybe three. They could go three and three to division. Well, they're halfway home at that point. Um, this is one that I would stay away from. But you know, for the sake of what we're doing here, I would go under. Um, look with Sam Darnold, you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, you know, you can go pretty much whatever um, cliche you want to put in with Sam Darnold. I've seen it from the beginning, um, or at least from the USC days. Is his inability to read defenses and his pure um, reliance on his athleticism, which is good. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, we're in the NFL here. You're not playing Washington state and Oregon state two times out of the year where you can run by everybody. That's not the case now, Um, but we'll see if he, I do think he's taken strides. Um, Are they enough? I don't think so. So once again, I I do think they are a five and 11 team. Um, this one, the only way I'm betting on it is you hold a gun to my head or if I have a podcast and hey, guess what? I have a podcast. So that's what I'm doing there. Um, I am staying away from the Jets, but if I had to, I, I would like to see that move. I would like to see six and a half. If it moved up to six and a half, I'd feel very, very confident at six. I think six and 10 is right on. Um, I don't bet to push. So not something I want to deal with there. And the final team in the AFC East, there's a reason I left. Oh, I lost it where it is. Um, There's a reason I left these guys for last. Um, The Buffalo Bills, this is their division. It's their division to lose. Everything going forward, I think, I I like Sean McDermott. I don't think he's a world beater, but I like, I think they bought into what he's doing. Um, I think it's kind of the Buffalo brand of football. You're also dealing with a, a quarterback in Josh Allen that, has gotten better year in and year out, year in and year out. Um, and now the, it's wide open for them. They're, they don't have to deal with Tom Brady. They don't have to even deal with really the stigma of um, losing, you know, week 17 or weeks, uh, a huge late, late season matchup. This is the measuring stick for the Bills. They're playing the Patriots and they're down 24, nothing at halftime. We've seen that so many times. That won't happen more than likely this year. Do I think the Bills are going to win the division? Um, Probably not. I I don't pick any team to win this division, honestly. This is by far the most wide open division. I can make a case for every single team, and that is the Dolphins and Jets included. Um, But like I said, I think this could be an 8-8 team. I look at the nine the Bills have in front of them, and this is another one. I just go, oh, give me a half give me a half point one way or another, and you'll make my decision for me. Cause I think that's right where they're going to be. This is a nine and seven team that, that finishes higher than the eight and eight Patriots. Um, the way it goes. Uh, and it's just going to be kind of mediocrity throughout this entire division. The AFC East is going to go from being the Patriots perennial one or two seed to now being kind of how the NFC, uh, the AFC West was for a little while. That's how I see the AFC East. Um, kind of going from one of the more boring divisions to now, wow, let's see uh, what mediocre team comes out of there. Um, what are your guys' thoughts there?
2: Oh, it's the Patriots right away. Okay. Uh, Will Mosham disciple disciple uh, of Bill Belichick uh, says that the most organized teams are the ones that are going to do the best. Right. And uh, actually, I got ADD So I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask Coach uh, Lupin a question about Norlean Saints. Uh, Coach Sean Payton, and it goes with uh, Bill Belichick the same way. They're really hard-nosed guys, and they're taking a zero-tolerance approach. So if you miss a practice, if you miss COVID protocol, you're gone, right? Now, you're a no-nonsense coach. I went to (laughs) to a couple of your matches, and your team is in, in line, and the other teams get in line when your team comes out here. But you're in a different situation as a 2016 Coach of the Year situation. If you can speak to that and how that kind of translates to athletes and what do you think is the best approach? Because you had a Tony Dungy who was strict, but he was a different style of strict than your Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, and Sean Payton, coach of the New Orleans Saints.
1: You know what? When it comes down to it, I believe players, I believe kids – whoever you coach, need and want some kind of conformity. Got it. Um, between those coaches, Cheat and Sean, um, I think Bella more his way. Right. And Sean adapts to situations with his team and relates to those guys a whole lot easier than let's say the Chief does. You know, when you have a coach like that, then that's a coach that you know uh, you want to play for. Definitely has your back. And not only definitely has your back in the field, but has your back um, when it comes to what we're dealing with. This is a guy that got COVID, adjusted his off-season OTAs according to – what he experienced through that. Remember we, we tweeted or we talked about how these OTAs were going for certain teams and he was one that didn't hold OTAs. I right. just told you guys to come in the best shape because he didn't want to add that risk factor to his guys. And I think that's real personable between him and his players. And that makes those players want to, um, perform for a guy like Bate. uh, Are Sean Payton, you know, as far as Belichick goes, you know, I think he's just a proven commodity, a proven record of success that those players fall in line for, not necessarily on a personal matter um, or a personal relationship, but I believe conformity is the key to both their successes and they both do it differently. And respectfully so. So, you know,
2: um, if somebody put thumbs down to the NFL, go ahead and write in the comments why you feel that the NFL is to, uh, thumbs down. That you don't like the NFL. But uh,
1: we dealing, dealing with trolls again because there's some out there hating big time. Okay. And, um, and, and and you know what? I, honestly, I I really don't need that to give them that kind of attention. But they want to address why they give the thumbs up. Please do so. I mean, don't hide I'll and become a social because you're a tough guy behind the behind the screen.
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't see none of those on my end, which is good because uh, I delete them right away. But gotcha. uh, I think that the, uh, the most organized teams are going to do better, I think, in COVID. And then... As far as safety protocols, man, you couldn't be safer than, than an NFL bubble, to be honest with you. Uh, and and you're gonna have the best doctors, and you're gonna have testing every day, right? So if you're at home or whatever, how many players or anybody can afford testing every day and have the best medical attention? But that's that's why I got the I got the New England, New England, and I think I got New England to win the whole thing. I got New England and I got Alabama to win the whole thing because I think. Uh, both organizations have people who are willing to sacrifice because if you win a national championship, you're going to be relatively rich for the rest of your life. And the alumni, worldwide alumni is going to take care of you. Same thing with the Super Bowl. So guys on those type of teams with coaches that are ultra organized, you're going to have an edge that I'm going to put my money on. So I'm going to New England to win the Super Bowl, but definitely to win the, the NFC East.
0: Josh, uh, what division do you have?
2: I'll take the West because the West is on my mind, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see which uh, – I'll, I'll do both. I'll do the AFC West and the NFC West. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins with Arizona is going to be very, very interesting. Clingsbury in the area offense. Uh, we have Houston Baptist is going to be on. We had Houston Baptist coach Vic Schiele. and The reason it's important is because they conference and they hang out with and they're best friends with uh, Clingsbury from your Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the name of the podcast is Faith. The big three, They I heard it called in the South now. The big three, Faith, Family, and Football. And nobody says Faith, Family, and Football than DeAndre Hopkins. I can't believe Houston let him go. It's going to be very interesting. There's no, no other person epitomizes faith, family, and football than a 20-year veteran, Fitzgerald, right? Uh, they address the office of Uh They have an ex-head coach as a defensive coordinator. So Arizona is going to be good. The Rams, uh, we see them on hard knocks. I don't see them as organized as maybe a Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's going to be the most organized coach in that division. And then Shanahan uh, we'll go a big return to the mean, and those inflated lines that we made so much money with San Francisco. And the Pope of the money line talked about an inflated line right away. So I think that the division is going to go to the to the wire, and man, it's hard to bet against uh, a Pete Carroll. And um, as a financial services guy, guy with the, uh, two masters and securities licenses, I am reminded that the referees are paid by the league right so they do what's best for pr coach lupian knows on that what happened with that when cranky's building a five billion dollar stadium and new orleans is the 58th market la is the second market and uh he was a victim of an obvious pi call (laughs) two of them (laughs) they cost them the game and we also scott foster did to turn around that utah series and get Stan Gronkey the owner of the Denver Nuggets, to win that game. It's not just winning that game. I'm gonna post the, the clip of Brianna Winner picking that game. We were picking that game. We were picking the fact that Stan Gronke is a member of the Walmart family and built a $5 billion stadium and owner of the Nuggets that they were gonna win that game. And they did, and we won money, all right? So that is the bottom line. Uh, it's gonna be the Rams in Seattle at the end uh, because of the riots in Seattle and the shootings in Seattle. You're gonna have to give Seattle a bone like they did in New Orleans and Katrina when they went all the way to the Super Bowl. But the Rams are playing SoFi Stadium, $5 billion stadium, right? And stay tuned on Tuesday where uh, we look to have some news on the podcast from Uh, our friends there at SoFi Stadium, the LA Rams, and the LA Chargers, all right, so that's going to be your, uh, NFC West, and I'll give you the over-unders, uh, the Rams, look for the LA Rams to go over eight, all right, look for the Arizona Cardinals to get exactly eight and be over seven, all right, uh, san francisco this is almost like taking candy from a baby san francisco will not get to 11 wins next year my friends. they might go nine they might go 10 but they're not gonna go 12. <laughs> the worst you can do is push so that's that's some good money i'm gonna put on another inflated line i'm making a you can make a living just on san francisco inflated lines and then the seattle seahawks very very organized team nine wins uh That could go either way. Uh, Look for Seattle to get 10 wins because they're an organized team. But you got to check with your online bookie or the hotel or or sports book. If two games get canceled, make sure you get your money back on these over-unders. Now we're going to go to the AFC West. Uh, We'll have Raider Jim next week uh, talking about uh, the AFC West. Denver, they're going to have a great defense, right? They're going to have the young fireplug kid on offense. They were great at the, at the end of last year. They'll be very competitive. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think they're going to have – the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a big problem this year. And they're at 12th. I definitely picked the under because uh, the philosophy – and Andy Reid is being very creative, and I'll give him credit for that. But the philosophy of that power game, along with the air raid, his type of offensive linemen are going to have problems this year because they have not been able to lift weights. And he needs his offensive linemen to be hyper on lifting weights. And they probably lost – for us, it's nothing, right? But for these guys to lose two or three weeks in the gym – working out the way they like to, because these guys are professionals with, you know, idiosyncrasies, they haven't been able to do, they had to make the adjustments, they have to get weights shipped to their house, and if they got COVID-19, those three weeks, they were not lifting, right, Uh, it's going to be death, that's another reason I like uh, New England, right, because uh, each position group, like, if you have two centers or two guards, they're each quarantining from each other, so if one gets it, he didn't infect the other guy, right? So uh, Kansas City will be good as far as depth, but they're not gonna be good as far as weight is concerned. And I worry about a guy like Kelsey, who's a workout warrior. Guys like that, uh, that the gym is part of their game, they're gonna have problems. So definitely pick your Kansas City Chiefs under 12. Uh, the, the Vegas Raiders, right? They got a new stadium. They're gonna get the calls. Look for them to go over seven. As uh, hey, Gruden's Gruden, right? He knows how to run a team. Uh, they they got good weapons on defense. The defensive line has gotten better. But uh, you, I I always wanted to see this, but it's not gonna happen. But in a way, they have the double barrel shotgun. I would love, if I was an NFL coach or GM, I would run a Wildcat with a double-barrel shotgun with two quarterbacks. I have Derek Carr and Mariota in the backfield. You don't know what's happening. Is Mariota going to run it or throw it? Or is it going back to Derek <laughs> Carr? But I guarantee you for a fact that Gruden's going to have packages designed for each guy, and you're going to see both guys play. Whatever defense you're in, you're in the wrong defense because we're going to bring in a different car- quarterback to attack it. So look for the Las Vegas Raiders with a brand new billion dollar stadium. Remember, the rest are employees of the league. They'll get the call and they'll get over eight wins. Kansas City, the other. Now, very interesting team to me and very interesting concept, right? When you're talking about management and business, uh, the way Anthony Lynn has approached the season has been very, very Bill Belichick-like, where uh, he's saying that the way he's going to approach it, the pandemic gives him an edge, right? And it's something very near to, dear to my heart, and it's something that's taught. I don't know. Do they still teach that, guys? When I, when I was growing up, they taught me this in elementary school. They taught me this in high school. And they taught me this in college. Keep it simple, stupid, the kiss theory. They still teach that.
0: Minus the stupid, you're not allowed to. Not <laughs> no, to, right.
1: you to I'm going to get so fired. I'll, I'll get fired because I include the stupid. That's how stupid I
2: am. But I love the kiss theory for sure. So it's, it's a very simple offense, right? We're going to run the football. And Tyron Taylor, if Keenan Allen's not open, take off. That's the offense. And then defense, make the other teams make mistakes. This COVID-19, everybody's freaked out. And, and uh, the Chargers are very riled up there in L.A. with the social justice thing. And I think the Chargers over, um, op, you know, it's just the truth, right? You can make up your own opinion, but you can't make up your own facts. the The Rams have a white guy from the South as their head coach. As nice as he can be, I, I could never see him dating a black girl he marries a male order bride from Czechoslovakia. versus anthony glenn who's down man he he's ready to go out himself and protest so i think that gives the chargers an edge the they're the ready for the pandemic keeping everything simple right straightforward not a lot of thinking involved and it's strategically done to deal with all the distractions going on so that's your la Chargers, but the problem is is that spanos is cheap and they don't have any depth and derwin james is hurt again right and we again we have inside information on derwin james and uh, the best way to say this is that i pray for derwin james on and off the field i pray for them all right uh 7.5 wins i think they go at least eight and eight. so Go over, and definitely pick those unders in Kansas City and San Francisco, especially in a pandemic year. Those are some serious inflated totals. Uh, I don't see Kansas City going 13-3 and with Gruden in that division, with uh, Vic Fangio, who knows how to play him in that division, right? Uh, And uh, there's no way that's happening. So pick the under for those two teams, and let me look at your Denver Broncos. Man, that's, uh, I'm like first, though, I'm not touching it. Uh, but I'll, I'll go under Denver Broncos. It could happen, most probability is that the Denver Broncos are going to win less than eight games. So I don't see them making it to nine, but I do see them 100% going eight and eight. So if you get a 7.5 out there, pick the over, Right. Uh, other than that, because that's a quintessential 8-8 eight eight vanilla run of the middle team right there, your Denver Broncos. So, that's your AFC West, and that's your NF- AFC and NFC West from a betting perspective. You can make money watching these games. So, what do we got, AFC South? Uh,
3: I'll go-
2: yeah. I'll do that because I got insight with uh, Ben Laugh. Who has agreed uh, very kindly? He's uh, uh, all-American wide receiver, Houston Baptist football. That, in my opinion, if they win against their Division uh, One opponents, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, and Texas Tech, they sweep, they should. I agree with Coach Shealy, who we had great interview, Faith Family Football interview. He was mentored by uh, uh, you know Hall of Fame coaches, Fisher DeBerry, Grant Taft. And he went head-to-head with Dennis Erickson at Arizona State and beat him on the road when Arizona State had a top-ten ball team. And uh, he says they should be in a bowl. So I think Houston's going to be an absolute disaster with O'Brien. It's one of those Fidel Castro situations where you have a dictator. He thinks he knows everything. And I think everything is going to go crashing down from an emotional standpoint. And Vegas agrees with me. It's 7.5. 7.5. So if you see an eight, Go Under, a very cheap team owned by a drug addict who was found with a pound of cocaine and a hundred prescription pills. Mr. Ursay. Coach (laughs) Lupian, if you were found with a pound of cocaine and a hundred prescription illegal pills, what would happen to you?
1: We wouldn't be having this podcast or conversation right now.
2: So Urs <laughs> gets away with it. Uh we'll call that uh Elita's privilege. And and they're a depleted team. Uh that have a statue for a quarterback. I love Philip I love Philip Rivers the man. Um I'm not into Philip Rivers the twenty uh year veteran quarterback right now. And I don't think the line's gonna be that great. He has a great coach with Frank Wright. But man, I gotta go with uh Dr. First and Coach Lupien's main man. Grable and your Tennessee Titans, you guys were 75% on Titan games last year, right? So uh, this guy's talking about overpaid. Yes, uh, if you don't like being overpaid and people getting overpaid, I suggest you traveling to North Korea, Cuba, are places you can go to, Um, maybe Venezuela. Those are places where hundred percent, nobody's getting overpaid. I'd have to know what you'd like to think. but we live in the USA, the greatest country in the world where we can sit here and we can have fun making money, watching football. And if you want to make money, go on my Twitter, use the pics and open up an account on my bookie AG promo code ESBC. And then you can be overpaid instead of complaining about other people being overpaid. So, Let's look at these over-unders. Uh, Houston, I would say under eight, take under eight. Indianapolis, under nine. I can't believe they're getting nine. That's inflated for uh, the perverse line. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Probably going to be the worst team uh, in the NFL. Uh, but they can do whatever they want in Jacksonville. They can go walk around without math. Uh, 4.5. 4.5. I would say uh, under 5. Under 5 for your Jacksonville Jaguars Jack and take Bravewell all the way over there with your Tennessee Titans. What do you guys think?
0: I agree. Um, I believe um, I believe that you were it's not all Phillip Rivers. Um, they have a really uh, the Colts have a really, really good backfield. I think they're really, really well coached team with Frank Wright. Um, they have a really good defense. I, I, I know he's um, not Philip Rivers of 2006 you know, six or even 2010 or you know whatever. But I think going from Andrew Luck to then Jacoby Brissett, huge drop off to back to Philip Rivers is not all the way back to Andrew Luck because I, I think Andrew Luck brought more to the table with his legs. But I think it makes the job a little bit easier for Frank Reich, um, and and remember, this is a, a guy who w- might have been his most successful, um, I guess, turnaround was really with Phillip Rivers. He kind of, you know, Frank Reich kind of re- revitalized Phillip Rivers' career. So um, I, I look at uh, Indianapolis. While well, I don't, I don't, I, I expect Tennessee to win this division. Um, I think Tennessee is the best. They're very well coached. But I think it's going to be uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis to really, really um, fight, fight it out. Um, And I agree with you. Texans are, I mean, they're getting rid of their best players. It's, it is a borderline fascist regime. You got to send Antifa down to, you know, Reliant stadium. That's the real fascist down there, uh, Bill O'Brien. And and I just, I, I don't, see anybody really challenging those other two teams, uh, the Colts and the, and the Titans. I can't wait to see those two go at it, you know, all year kind of fight for that supremacy.
1: Well, I, I – um, my take on it is I'm real curious to see Derrick Henry's production because if you're looking at last season, his production value was well over 65%. As far as what he did with the ball, this dude ran so hard and for so long all season. You could tell that last playoff game, he couldn't. He just couldn't, you know. So, I, I could honestly see the Colts take this because what they have done with their offensive line versus everyone else, except maybe Tennessee's, um, is unsurmountable. Especially knowing you got a Phillip Rivers that I believe has two more years left and he has the ultimate confidence in his offensive line. And he's not going to have to force an issue with this team versus the other team uh, that he used to play for. I could really see them winning their division by that one game. Um, As far as the other two teams, I I don't even, they're not worth mentioning, but this is, I, I said it last season. I love what Mike Braybill does as a coach. I think uh, Dr. First will vouch for Coach Reich's position as what he did with uh, Philadelphia and the offensive mind that he has. So when it comes down to these two one health, two intangibles, and I just believe the Colts may have one bit more intangible than, than um the titans based on uh based on derrick henry if derrick henry's derrick henry last season no problem but i just don't think he's gonna be he'll be productive but not like last season's production so when
0: well, it is always that contract year situation you know these guys run real hard for the contract and yeah. it's human nature you know we all now he's got five years of uh somewhat i mean somewhat um stability Last year, he didn't know. I mean, and and let's be honest, Derrick Henry this time last year was not a guy everybody's tripping over themselves to get. He did a lot for himself last year. Try to answer that question whether or not um, that was a fluke or – I was
2: tripping over to get him. I don't even have a team. I love Derrick Henry. Now, now teams that have uh, a high reliance on the offensive line, I'm, I'm worried about because of them not being able to lift. Points. So, you know, and I love Marlon Mack, obviously, from the university. Like I
1: said, you got your boy Marlon Mack there running the show. Third year? Yeah,
2: he, he third have... year or second year? Yeah, no. At USF, we started spring practice early so we could lift for six months.
1: No, but I'm saying, was Marlon Mack's second year or third year? Second year. Yeah, fresh legs, man. Behind that offensive line? Mobile. Forget strength. Be mobile. Get them out of the box. Yeah. Wow. Agreed. i like them i like them moving, like moving on to uh
0: the uh what i'll take i think after this it'll just be the nfc north if someone kind of wants to just verify that while i talk um next up for me is the nfc east obviously a, a division that is very near and dear to my heart um look let's let's take the trash out first let's talk about the new york giants and the washington whatever you call them um they are the both of these teams are the quintessential development teams right now um we i I, i'm gonna make fun of them and you know we can laugh and all that stuff i don't think the they're gonna be down for too long I, i look at chase young scares the hell out of me um he looks like a guy who's going to be a game changer for a very long time um Will they keep him happy? Uh, look, we, we all know the off-season stories of this franchise, and I'm not even really talking about the name change. I'm more talking about the sexual harassment. I'm more talking about the toxic workplace environment. And then my favorite quote of all time is Dan Snyder going, wow, maybe I need to be a little more hands-on. Like, do you not know you are the problem and you want to be more hands-on? Like, talk about not being able to read the audience or, or not being self-aware. But um, uh, that's a, a bad team this year. Um, I'm rooting for Alex Smith. I think we all are. Stuff like that. I really do think Dwayne Haskins has the arm ability. I just don't know if he has the mental strength to get it done in the NFL. (coughs) Excuse me. But yeah, the Redskins for me, Chase Young is a guy who's going to be a big part of the future for them. And um, moving on to the Giants. Look, they bring in Joe Judge, um, who from all Things I've been hearing, everybody's buying in. Um, most most uh, optimism behind a head coach from that fan base in a very long time. Um, now, it's all about Saquon Barkley and the progression of Daniel Jones. Everyone knows the NFL. You know that the quarterback position is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, Daniel Jones going from being booed on draft night to pleasant surprise last year. Take another step um it still won't be good enough I don't believe I do think this team has more weapons than Washington uh Washington just because I glossed over it uh over under is five um I probably I don't want to touch this one give me like I said a half point if we go five and a half give me the under I could see this team being five and 11 that's their ceiling in my mind um that would be a great coaching performance I do want to say look I love Ron Rivera, he's a great head coach. He was unfortunately just diagnosed with cancer. I wish him the best of luck. We're all praying for him. We're all thinking about him. At the same time, you know, how effective, how you know, locked in is he in a regular situation, let alone a situation where he is unfortunately, you know, he's in a danger zone. He he has pre-existing conditions so with the COVID, so I think that hangs over him. I think Washington is probably 5 and 11. Um, four and 12. When it comes to the Giants, their over-under number is six. Same situation. I can see this team going six and 10. I kind of like the under though. I think this is another five and 11 team, but I could also make a case for them beating Washington twice. So if that's the case, we're already a third of the way there. That's a little tough. Um, I'm looking for halves. I don't know why they don't put more halves. Well, actually I do. I know exactly why. But anyways, um, I would like to see that move up to six and a half and then pound the under. Moving on to the two teams.
2: Shop for either a sports book mm-hmm. or online sports book that'll give you a half a point on these things and listen to the podcast and make money. Very, Exactly.
0: Versatile. Moving on to a team um, that is uh, not and near get, dear
2: to my heart. The guy out here is against people getting overpaid. If you're against being overpaid and you're against making money, then don't listen to the podcast. It's not a podcast.
0: And uh, the. the
2: for you, if you like being poor and broke and, and begging uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren for handouts and AOC, if you want to beg those people for handouts, uh, this is not the live streamer or podcast for you. This is for normal Republicans and normal Democrats uh, to the left and all the way to the right who believe in earning a salary, right? And getting paid for the value you provide society.
0: Next up is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, look, I always make a joke, uh, you know, never, ever bet blindly. But you can always take the Cowboys under because they are always an inflated line. Um, It has actually moved down a little bit. It is nine and a half. I still like the under. Look, look, I, I, I look at the Cowboys. And they're going to have games where they look like the greatest team in the world. They're then going to have other games where they can't score 10 points against the giants or Redskins incredibly inconsistent. Does that change a bit with Mike McCarthy possibly obviously the off season um, uh, addition of bringing in CD lamb. I'm not going to lie. That's another guy who, who gives me a bit of nightmares playing in this division, but Dak Prescott is, in a situation where now it's time to put up and shut up and, and, and put the numbers together, which the numbers on the outside, when you look at them, you go, wow, that's really, you know, really, really impressive. And then you dive a little deeper and see his stats in he- games where, um, you know, it's kind of the Kirk cousins thing, you know, how, how does he deal against teams, you know, good defenses, um, good, good, good teams overall. And, and he generally struggles. We've seen it. You know, I, I have as many playoff wins as Dak Prescott does. That is the joke going around. Um, does that change this year? I think the Mike McCarthy situation helps a bit, but not enough. I think Mike McCarthy is very overrated. Um, I think he was a guy who told Aaron Rogers, yeah, go throw the ball to uh, Randall Cobb. Oh, wow. Congratulations. You are a football genius. No, you're not. You just understand that that quarterback's really good and that wide receiver's really fast. Uh, Good for you. You got your ring and you're going to ride that out for a little bit. Um, I like the under with the Cowboys for that reason. Um, And moving on, of course, to the Eagles. Look, this is a team, um, obviously, near and dear to my heart. I'm a huge Eagles fan, PhD of the Eagles. Um, Can't necessarily bet this, but just going over, let me pull up the number. There we are. Um, It is nine and a half as well. Now, if the Cowboys are 9.5, the Eagles are 9.5, you got to pretty much make a decision. Someone's getting a 10. Someone's going to win this division when you have kind of the lame ducks that Washington and the Giants are. Those are almost four built-in wins, at the very least three. Um, I like the Eagles to win the division. I just I think they're set up for success um, in, in what they have going on. They don't have the drama that the Cowboys do. I mean, at some point, Zeke is going to do something um, stupid. At some point, the contract saga of Dak Prescott's going to come up. Eagles don't have that. You know, they got Miles Sanders who uh, – At he, some point, he,
2: Carson Wentz is going to get hurt.
0: At, you know, um, that's – I mean, you would be incredibly surprised. If you go and look up and see the percentages of games Carson Wentz has missed, it's a lot less than you would think and everyone's going to call him injury-prone, you have Davion Clowney land on the top of the back of your head and not get a concussion. That's not injury-prone. If someone falls on the back of your head, you're injury-prone. You dive That's in head first in L.A., and you blow your ACL. That's a fluke accident. And then um, when he got shut down at the end of the year because he had back stiffness and all that stuff, that was just to give Nick Foles a chance um, to, to build up his draft stock. The Eagles snuck into the playoffs that year. If they were really in the playoff hunt, he would have played the rest of the year. But, anyways, That's as I was saying, drama. the Cowboys have all this drama floating around them with Zeke Elliott, with everything, with their owner. I mean, every week there's something going on with Jerry Jones. Um, the Eagles don't have that. The Eagles just have a lot of talent um, that they need to keep healthy. Yes, guaranteed, no doubt about it. Need to keep them healthy. Um, but they also have aging talent. And that's the problem that I worry about um, as an Eagles fan. I look at Jason Kelsey. I look at uh, Jason Peters um, and, you know, Fletcher Cox, guys like that, that are getting towards the end. Um, and we're very reliant on those guys because the youngsters aren't quite ready to take over. But overall, um, I, I think the Eagles are the best team in this division. I think they're set up the best to win this division um, because of just the, all the stuff on the field is um, is capable. And the stuff off the field is non-existent in terms of the drama, and that's key. Yeah.
2: Was the J- Javarian Clowney hit a dirty hit?
0: I don't know. You'll have to ask. I mean, it's hard. Everything looks dirty in slow-mo. Um, I, I, I want... Jadavian is a dirty player. He has a past. Now, there's a difference between maybe a guy maybe turning a little extra on your leg and messing your ankle up, as opposed to a guy who plays a sport that he knows how dangerous it is. And to do that, to put Carson Wentz's career in jeopardy, I want to think that, you know, the brotherhood of football, no, that wasn't the case. I mean, only Judevion Clowney knows if it's a dirty hit. Um, It was an impactful hit. I can tell you that right now. That's all I can say on it. I, I, the speculation. Yeah. I think it probably was, but that's because Judevion Clowney has a history. I, I, I really don't, I want to believe that Jadavion Clowney did it um, just accidentally, not I'm going to – because he really could have. It wasn't I'm going to take him out of this game. That was a situation. If he did it purposely, I am going to put his life and career at risk. Um, it, it, it looked bad, but like I said, everything looks bad in slow-mo.
2: Right. There's a lot of Philly fans who go back and forth whether that uh, was a dirty hit or not.
0: We're not the most rational group, by the way. <laughs>
2: No, no fan is. That's why they call it fans fanatics. And that's why rule number one of betting is you never, ever bet your own team. You never bet blindly. Right. And that's why we make a lot of money betting on these games. But we just don't give you a fish. We teach you how to fish. So the last division. Right. It's uh, I remember uh, the guy on the s p n called bloomer Chris Berman used to call it the Norris <laughs> we broke up with the norris uh, hockey fans taking octopus where Where do you get the because you, you 're a hockey guy first doctor first, where do you get an octopus, and where do you put it to get inside the game with an octopus I
0: mean, I'll, I'll be i 'll be a smart ass and say the ocean, but no i 'm just kidding um no, I know what your question was it's You can find one. I I promise you. Every city, every major city, you can find yourself an octopus. You might Uh, maybe go to a place you're not maybe comfortable or familiar with, but you can find yourself an octopus. My question is, how do you get that in? Right. That's the main one. You know, you can go out and buy yourself an octopus, okay, or catch it, whatever. But I mean, we're talking about walking in. You got to smell like fish. You got to have a bulge. Like, what is going on? How are you getting? That's what I wanted.
2: I'm going to ask Jake Maverick from Toronto, lifetime Canadian guy. I'm going to ask him, how, how does that happen? I always wondered about that. Where do these people get the ice? And not just one octopus, several octopuses they throw on the ice. But uh, when you look at um, the North, you got to go with Minnesota. But then you have, um, uh, I love betting against um, Kirk Cousins, I love it because at some point in the game, he's going to throw a pick six, <laughs> and you're going to start dancing, watching uh, the other guy go all the way for a touchdown. Uh, they got really digs. digs, uh, but I love their coach as far as, again, most organized guys are going to win, so he's going to be very, very, very organized. Green Bay, uh, I don't know, they, they remind me a lot of the Rams. We have a young guy, professional guy, serious guy, good guy, but Man, the Zimmer fear has an edge. It's almost like going to one of those uh, Brandon Lupian matches and seeing his team, how organized. Uh, the fear gets them going. <laughs> right? Very organized. Organization, they are going to be very, very organized. Uh, like San Diego City Colleges. Uh, then you got the Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit Lions 100% bet the under. Uh, He's Dr. First, favorite coach, Matt Patricia. Uh, It's the old adage in business. If you are the smartest person on the room, then you're in the wrong room. If I was the smartest person on the podcast, I would be on the wrong podcast. Always get people around you who are smarter than you. Uh, Matt Patricia thinks he's smarter than everybody else. I mean, in fact, he's dumber. He doesn't know how to play. He doesn't even know what analytics is. And analytics is not working football. And they say they're doubling down on uh, analytics. So, for 100%, I'm betting every single game against Detroit and Carolina. And I'm definitely betting the under uh, seven for Detroit. Especially in this division. In Chicago, Chicago's going to be an enigma. Uh, They have really good talent. But naggy now is getting famous for uh being bad a bad coach people don't like him at all mr vinsky is getting fame for being uh that word i guess you can't use anymore so if you can't use that word you have to use words like um he's not as smart as we would hope he would be mr Vinsky. It's not as smart as we would hope we would be. And it's frustrating to his coach, Mark Harfrich from Oregon, who loves to run the sophisticated offenses. He couldn't put in in Oregon because it was college. And now he's stuck with Mitch Trubisky. And uh, they can't do anything there. So look for Chicago. Man, not at under eight for sure. Chicago's going to be – Kilomack can only do so much. All right. So it's going to be under eight Chicago. Uh Your Minnesota Vikings, look for Minnesota Vikings to get the George Floyd call all year. And I say that with much respect. I mean that as far as um, they're going to get the call every year for PR reasons more than anything else. So they'll go over the 10. It would be interesting to see them in the Super Bowl, right, for PR reasons. Kirk Cousins gets hurt. They bring in Kaepernick and the Minnesota Vikings go to the Super Bowl in honor of uh, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can win games by himself. He can go off script, right? So, and you're talking over under nine, nine games. They're going to be right at it. I can see them win 10 games, mainly because they're going to get two easy wins against Detroit. (laughs) So, you got two wins there, uh, probably two wins against Chicago, uh, looked, at, looked at, look, this was going to happen, right? Uh, Minnesota and Green Bay are both going to win 10 games. Go over. And Chicago and Matt Patricia are going to go under. That's it, man. That's, that is your betting preview. We did it.
0: We did it. I do want to throw one more in there because I, I, I don't know if you just forgot about him or if he just wasn't on your radar, which is fine too. But that's not. Mitch's job uh Nick Foles is gonna have something to say about it too not 100% saying Nick Foles is gonna win that job but I don't think it's just Mitch Trubisky's team um you know can't 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 forget about my boy Nick you know uh, he might not have the eagle on his uh on his helmet anymore but you know he's still got that ring on his finger and uh always always looking out for my big my boy nick so just throwing that out there i i i don't i completely agree with you they're still going under with nick Foles. don't get me wrong but just had to do my duty well, as a Foles, uh, former or as an eagle oh, guy yeah, right?
1: sorry
2: well i always liked nick Foles since he was at uh arizona and uh, nick Foles went to westlake high school right who went to Westlake high school drew brees uh, clayton kershaw in austin texas and i love austin texas I had a great time in austin texas uh, Nick Foles is going to throw the whole offense at him and he can handle the whole offense. But I think Mr. Vitsky is going to get in there because this is my theory. I could be 100% wrong. Coach Lupian knows more about this than I do. But I think uh, teams that are dependent on the offensive line are going to be in tr- trouble because their lifting schedules got messed up. They're almost like baseball players, these offensive linemen. They're all engineers. They all don't need football necessarily. They're both intellectual type guys, Uh, but they're very, I guess, um, like Dr. First says, that Michael Scott says, they might not be superstitious, but they are stitious. So you get these offensive linemen out of their routine. All right, you get these offensive linemen out of their routine uh, and out of, and remember, offensive linemen have to be in sync. So one gets COVID, uh, they haven't been talking to the backups because they're in the other rooms. Uh, I think the, the cohesion is going to be bad. So it's going to be a mess for statues such as uh, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Nick Folds. All those guys are going to be in trouble this year. And, and guys like uh, the guy San Diego, uh, Tyron Taylor, are going to have an advantage where they San can Diego
0: take- doesn't have a football team.
2: San Diego. They have – I guess Lincoln High School It's the only football team, right? It's the best mm-hmm. football team. I guess I was high. Uh, San Diego State. They're not playing, though. They're practicing. It's the Mountain West lesson practice. So, is high school practicing in San Diego?
0: Uh, they're going to be going, I think, November is their date to begin. I think it's the fall season. That's their plan um that they're going for i don't know if dates are set yet i know schedules are kind of getting put together and you know i i think for for schools in general they're you know we all love football we all love that stuff i think them getting the high school kids and education to, uh, whether the safest way possible is the first and i've heard a lot of different things there's a seems like you talk to a different school this or that you get a different answer on how they're going to do things so i think they got to get that figured out but tentatively um, November is the time. I'm sure there are situations where, you know, I'm sure Cathedral Catholic, I'm sure the kids at Cathedral Catholic are finding a way to stay in shape. Um, you know, maybe the kids down at Lincoln, maybe finding other ways to stay, uh, um, you know, be a little more resourceful. I mean, if you know, if you know, San Diego football, you know, Cathedral Catholic, they can buy whatever they want. Lincoln, they got to, you know, work a little harder. You know go out and get it grind a little bit um so that could be something to think about but we don't we don't we don't bet here on high school football here but that is november um that's my long answer to say november 20 250 words to say november
2: here in orange county um every time i go jogging i can't help to see some illegal practice going on. <laughs> that- i mean
0: is it really illegal though i mean it, it, i mean really like let's be honest i mean technically yes people will say it is but like when we really break it down your government cannot tell you you can't go outside and play with your friends i'm sorry like it could be irresponsible you could talk about that that's fine but illegal yeah you know even if there are mandates come on now but anyways um it's happening we know it's happening and it's best for these kids you can't keep these kids locked up um and and eventually they're going to play football and guess what you hope that they did some stretching or you did some work beforehand because there's going to be a lot of injuries. If not, you can't just start up and go play Oceanside or go play, uh, you know, La Costa Canyon and, and think you're going to get out of it. But uh, overall, I think this is a great start um, to everything. And, yeah, we're get
2: and out there for
0: really, really excited to uh, know that this time next week we'll have finished up the podcast. And then 24 hours later, the first football game will be over. Wow. As far as we've come in three months, Man, three months ago, we didn't know if we were ever going to see a sporting event ever again. Now we're now we're about to have all four at once, folks. So
2: Yeah, we're going to have some legit games in college tomorrow. Conference USA, I'll make sure i get it out there in the morning uh, before I have some other meetings. But two things, right? Uh, no tackling, right? So a lot of these games are going to go over, right? So people listening to the end will get that nugget. Pick the over on a lot of games, often than not because there hasn't been any tackling. And again, these guys have not been able to do their Regular lifting schedules. Number two, uh, during the podcast, Dwayne Haskins has been named the starting quarterback for your Washington Redskins. So who knows how long that lasts? Uh, man, that's a disaster. Uh, get some notes in here from Doctor First said, uh, "I'm picking a, every game against Washington Redskins as well. The Cleveland Countdowns, the Washington Redskins, or the Washington Football Team, or." Whoever they are in this crazy Be year. Be
0: careful with Washington with those magic numbers because I definitely could see Chase Young being a strip sack guy late in the game that that maybe it's an irrelevant touchdown, but all of a sudden Vegas gets all upset because all of a sudden that was a completely irrelevant touchdown to everybody holding the ticket. So just throwing it out there. Uh, Chase Young is a J.J. Watt-esque if he does what I think everyone expects him to. And I haven't seen anything um, that would tell me he won't. I, it's very rare that we see a top, top defensive guy not um, – and this is apparently a generational guy. So just keep an eye on that, not blindly. Just uh, stay away from those those numbers. But, yeah, Washington will struggle. He's doing for him.
2: Ohio State?
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, the, the, the absolute monster who just – I mean, he's a game changer. Um, I haven't seen a defensive game changer like that at the college level since Woodson. Um, and and there was some weird stuff that happened in his career uh, eligibility stuff. So I think there were times where maybe we wanted to see him against other guys, but it didn't happen. It is what it is. He's in the NFL now. Um, I just wish you know maybe he was in the AFC North, not the NFC East, as an Eagles fan. But we will uh, we will deal yeah, with. We'll that. Go <laughs> final we'll go
2: final my final thoughts. We go first, and we'll have Coach Lupian give us some inspiration as we leave. My final thoughts is if I. So Chase Young, I would ask him um, if he got paid more at Ohio State or now play for the Redskins. Okay.
0: You know, maybe if he was uh, I'll, I'll go with, is, is that all you got? I'll, I'll start I'll do my final thoughts with, you know, um, if he wasn't the first overall pick or maybe, you know, if he was a fourth round pick, it w- he would probably have to do the math on that and try and think about it. Uh, I think it's the number one overall pick. I think that's But, yeah, I I love that joke, Um, and and they always say that, uh, especially with those big ones. But, you know, my my final thoughts are, you know, just keep an eye on what Vegas is trying to do to you. This is the first time we've ever watched NFL football where the home team, other than the coin toss, who calls it or not, other than that, it's somewhat irrelevant. I mean, yeah, we do have travel, but in terms of what we usually look at, the biggest home field advantage in all of the four major sports is football and it's not even close. Not anymore. Now there is no home field advantage. Um, so just keep an eye on that.
2: So Yeah, I'm taking notes. Take this home, Coach Lupien.
1: Uh, final thoughts. You know what? The uh, state of Louisiana gave the Saints permission to allow fans for their week two games so you know with every state things are going to change um and and who knows um that's just based on what's going on in their numbers right now who knows what those numbers will be by then but final thoughts you know what um like dr first said be aware what vegas is trying to do yeah they don't want to lose money they're trying to win your money one two because of our success rates and i've always said this throughout the number of shows I've been on, our results speak for themselves. We're transparent with what we do with our picks. They're out there. They're free. We're not asking you for any subscriptions. (laughs) The last thing we want is subscriptions. (laughs) Right. Listen to the old podcasts, compare them to the new podcast. Hey, this is week one NFL betting preview. Podcast, week two next week, look forward to it.
0: Yeah, very excited. You have a good night.
1: Give us, yeah. a give us a quote. Give us a quote. Give you a quote. a <laughs> quote. Where's your uh, Winston Churchill quote? What's that one? What's that? I Who's got that you right here. Let's go with Steve Fisher, Dad. Yeah? We'll go with Steve Fisher, and we'll go with uh, – I think when you enjoy what you're doing, you get to where you want to go. And we're going with this podcast through – through the entire NFL season, you want to win money, listen to it. And um, give us your feedback and follow and retweet and all that stuff. Engage with us because we like all that stuff.
2: Yeah, if you want to get your bets on time, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Subscribe. <laughs> you guys have a good night. Take care, Brian.
2: Yeah, we're more uh, comfortable talking football.
0: Still recording.